This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm your host, and we are helping take your leadership to the next level. And to help us do that, we've got Richard. <laughs> Good to be with you again, Sam. You're, you're looking slimmer every day, Richard. <laughs> well, thanks. I'm working at it. Working yep. at it. <laughs> good, good. Well, it's it's been a uh, it's it's been a, a cold spring, or a slow spring this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think I was wearing a jacket just a few weeks ago, and here we are into May, um, which is great for the weather. Uh, not as great for my plants. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, speaking of plants. <laughs> We uh, today are going to look at uh, a, a blog post that you wrote yeah. uh, about leadership lessons from the garden. And yeah. I, I love this because <laughs> I like to garden and, uh, and, and leadership. And I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting the, the insights uh, in gardening that you're going to, well, I mean, uh, in leadership. <laughs> <that you'll laughs> well, I, and I do this with fear and trepidation because you are a much better gardener. You come from a family of, of gardeners. Your parents have a, ma- a really impressive garden in their yard now and uh you're even raising chickens now so i know it, that's well that's a uh, that's sort of uncharted territory for us but uh well, very excited to yeah and, and you that. even have my daughter talking about wanting to get a goat i, I never know. ever could have dreamed thought? that is beyond <laughs> anything i would have ever imagined but uh yeah and uh you know i i would quickly just need to have full disclosure that i am not uh, a, a great gardener. I don't really have uh, a, a good plot of, of yard like even you do. You've got, uh, you've got a lot of trees. I've got a lot of oak trees in my yard, and I love that, but it creates a lot of shade and not a lot of space for uh, open uh, plants. And so I've got an above-ground little garden box, and uh, now I've got a, a little uh, water uh, tower. Uh, Is that, that like a hydroponic? Yeah, and uh, okay. but my but my mother... Uh, willed to me i guess you could say this year uh and i've, I've planted some uh, and your mother's doing great yeah you know, she's like uh yeah she's she doing just fine. was tired of the, the yeah she, she wants me just to bring her the vegetables when they're done but uh and i plant a bunch of uh, fruit trees along a fence line i'm a i'm a big uh, i love blackberries and blueberries and raspberries so that's pretty well and i've got a compost uh, barrel i mean I, it's very very minimal what i've got but uh uh, but I would say that when COVID hit, uh, and I, now I've tried this for several years now, I've, I've yeah. grown things and typically in April or so March around here in Georgia, I'll start to go pick up some more berry, uh, usually about half or more of my berry plants don't survive winter. And so I run to Lowe's and get some more and plant them and, and I'll water them faithfully for a day or two. And then I'll, <laughs> I'll hit a another busy spring travel schedule and right. uh, be going like crazy and come back and uh, and, and discover to my horror that I, half my blueberry bushes are all dried up and withered and all kinds of things have happened uh, and I'll get discouraged. In fact, last year I just, I was traveling so much in the springtime, I just couldn't keep up with uh, you know, a lot of times I'd be getting home one evening and heading out the next morning and just didn't have time to go out and check on things and and it was just a, a veritable sort of wasteland. Uh, by <laughs> by halfway through the summer, I just pretty almost just gave up. And uh, I, and so when uh, COVID hit, and I realized suddenly I had two dozen trips canceled. I thought I, I can actually be around here. I can you might, I can you check might on see stuff. a harvest before your next trip. Uh, yeah. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to just 
really take one more run at this. And so I went out to try to uh, sort things out. <laughs> I like to, I like to joke that uh, my garden looked sort of like the end of a Jurassic Park movie. It was just like just destruction everywhere, <laughs> debris and dead, dead things, and, uh, and it was a it was a disaster. But um, but I would just say this as a as a Type A driven, very uh, hard driving kind of guy. Uh, I've got this little flower box, or not flower box, garden box, just pretty well right outside my office uh, door. And um, it is so therapeutic to go out in the mornings. Uh, usually the first thing, once I get down in my office, I go out and I water my all my little pots and, uh, and uh, vegetables and things I've got and, um, and uh, check my berries. And uh, it's very... Uh, I tell you what, it's it's a great hobby if you are someone that needs to know how to relax yeah. and, uh, and I always, to have patience. I always, yeah, I always go out to the garden in the evenings. Usually, when I get home from work, it's just nice to decompress. And yeah, and you're out there picking weeds and yeah. just you know tending everything. It's just really there is something very, and I think that there's a reason that so many people you know, do some type of gardening. And and my wife and I, we're trying to eat much, you know, more organic and more, a lot of vegetables and even just putting herbs and things on your food, yeah. just kind of spicing things up. Well, you should certainly, uh, if you, if you haven't already get some, some mint, uh, some mint plants. Yeah, those I will. Are, those I are hard to destroy, and they live through the winter. And so, yeah. Well, I, you know what? I ordered some mint seeds, and it's taken a month to get them, just because of I don't know why. It's uh, because of all the shipping issues right now. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I've got I've ordered some of those, and uh, so uh, I would just highly recommend grow. Try to grow something. It will actually speak. Uh, very much into your leadership, and and I wanted now leadership is something I do know. Uh, I'm pretty ignorant about gardening, but I I do know a lot more about leadership. But what's interesting is when you start gardening, you you learn a lot or you're reminded a lot about leadership. And so in this blog I wrote, and we'll post uh, that in the show notes, a link to that. If you um, you may be uh, someone that uh, subscribes to the the blogs. I, I try to put out a leadership blog about once a week or so. Uh, and, and, uh, this is be kind of drawn from this today, but, um, but there's six things that I, I just mentioned that I've learned. There's, there's more than six lessons, obviously, but here's six things that I've learned. One is, uh, growing things is fun. <laughs> uh, it just is fun. When you plant a little seed in the dirt, and then you come back and you see this little little green uh, protrusion just barely breaking through the dirt, and uh, and then you watch it and you're you're weeding it and you're you're I, I'll, I'll move if it seems like it's kind of covered up by uh, little debris or things in the in the ground. I'll kind of clear some space and I'll water it and watch it. It starts to get growing, and then you watch to see if any fruit or vegetable is going to develop and. Uh, and then one day, ultimately, you you put it in a salad, and you you actually eat something that didn't exist, and and you grew it, and uh, now it's making you healthy, and it's delightful. Yeah. Uh, that watching it this day by day, I'm right now. I'm my I've got some blackberries that are turning from red to black, and uh, I stick those in my granola in the morning. It's awesome. But um, what I've what I realized is that leaders love to grow things too, and I everywhere I've ever gone, uh, at least my calling uh, has always been to go to a place that was broken down. 
uh, a church that had been in decline for years. Now it's it's got down to a handful, and 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 to treat that church kind of like a garden where you want to start growing it back. You want to make it healthy again. You want to make it fruitful again. Um, and I remember just coming to this little church and uh, and starting a new adult Sunday school class. Just just try to start something new. See if it will take off. See if people will be attracted to it. And then to watch this class grow. And then to bring in a co-teacher to help me uh, teach. And then send that co-teacher off and start a new class with them. And and you begin to see this multiplying and more and more people coming to Bible study each week because you're tending to that garden and and investing in people. Uh, and I think one of the great joys of leadership is, especially when you have some homegrown talent, uh, people that maybe were just at the bottom rung in your organization or is just some young person or new believer who came to your church and you invest in them and disciple them and mentor them. And, and now they're in a role of leadership. Maybe they're a deacon or elder in your church. And maybe they're a Sunday school teacher. And you remember when they were not even a believer. And you remember when they were a little scruffy uh, coming to church. You weren't sure what would become of them, but, but you grew them. And now they're this mature, fruitful, joyful believer serving the Lord. And I'll tell you what, it's it's like gardening. You, you, and and there, there's many of the principles are the same. And there's so many impediments that could uh, destroy this new thing. It could discourage this person. It could uh, upset the work you're doing in the church or in your company. But uh, I'll tell you, when, when you see things grow, it's very gratifying. And I, I think perhaps that's why right now we've mentioned this statistic often, but uh, around 70% of churches are not growing today in America. Yeah. And to me, that would just suggest that there's a lot of very discouraged pastors uh, because I think it's just natural in nature. It's natural for things to grow. And when things aren't growing, that's unnatural. Uh, mm. And I think that there's a joy. It's hard to have the same kind of joy when things are stagnant or declining yeah. as when things are growing. And so leaders have to become experts in helping things to grow. And so whatever God has entrusted to you. Um, I, and when I used to lead a seminary, uh, we would be training all these students to become pastors one day. And I remember at our church, we had a number of these students who'd attend the church and so they would try to give them some experience and they would say, okay, why don't you just teach this uh, Sunday school class with 10 adults in it? And eventually they had grown that class down to about three adults. <laughs> and you would say, well, you know what? If you can't grow a, a, a Sunday school class with believers and uh, that, that want to come for, to Bible study, how are you ever going to grow a church? Uh, you've got to learn how to grow little things uh, and then God can entrust you with more. Uh, and so that's why I say to, to folks, you may want to one day be the CEO of a major company. Well, just look around and find something that you can grow right now. Yeah. Uh, if it's just starting a home Bible study in your home and start it from nothing and have two dozen people come into your home every Tuesday night, that's, that's great. You've grown something. Uh, but, but if you can't grow, if, if you have no track record of growing anything in your life, then you shouldn't have that much expectation that you can be made the boss of something and then suddenly it, things will just start growing. Yeah. So uh, a, a second thing is just, I, I just call it tend the soil. That is, and here in Georgia, 
soil is pretty harsh. Uh, a lot of red soil, hard soil, clay. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, you try to dig into the ground and it's hard digging and uh, you, you, you can plant a seed in this red soil and you wonder, is anything going to take root here or not? And uh, so I think that's why I know you guys compost as well. And yeah. uh, I've been a lot more active this year composting, just trying to create nutritious soil. And I, and you, at, at a certain point, I'll dig into that compost uh, barrel and, and I'll haul some shovelfuls of rich soil and put it in my berry plants and things, just trying to give them some nutrients there to, yeah. to eat on. And, uh, and I find that in leadership, it's the same way. Sometimes we... We, we're not sensitive to the, the soil that we're, we're putting people into. We, we want them to grow. We want them to be effective, but we put them into a pretty harsh environment. Uh, and I, I remember years ago, I, I had uh, hired someone to take over a new task. And, and I was giving this person his first uh, leadership role. He'd never been in management before. And he really wanted to do a good job, and, but he'd never done it before. So he didn't really know how. And so his thought was, I got to get organized. I, I, his, his view of leaders was they were in the office and they were planning and calendaring and budgeting and so on. But, but this guy had some immediate tasks that needed to be done. And these were tasks that everybody could notice weren't being done. And I could already hear some grumbling because some of the things this guy needed to take care of were affecting everybody else. Now, he intended to get to those things, but he just felt like even if he had to take a week to do planning, that then he could begin taking care of the day-to-day. And at a certain point, I had to pull the guy aside and say, and just sort of show him all the the work that was piling up. And people were literally tripping over things that he needed to take care of. <laughs> and I just had, and I thought, you know what? This guy could get everybody against him and critical of him right off the, the, the bat, uh, and before he knows it, he's already failed. It's like trying to, to grow a plant in rock hard red clay. Just, and so I, I had to kind of soften the soil. I had to help him take root and I had to talk to some of the other people dealing with him to say, listen, this guy, it's his first management job. Give him some slack. He's, he, he's learning, he, he's growing. He wants to do a good job and try to make it a bit easier on him. Uh, but a lot of times we just drop people in, anyone who volunteers, hey, just take this class, do yeah. this job. Uh, well, we don't have much money right now, so we've just given you an assignment, but you don't have any budget. Don't spend any money right now. Or maybe we've had problem in your department uh, for years, but we'll just throw another warm body at it. But we haven't addressed the soil, the environment mm. in any way. We, we haven't made it e- any easier. Uh, and, and so I would say if you if you want to see things flourish and grow, you, you, you can't just toss seeds everywhere. You got to say, but how can I make the environment conducive to growth? Uh, and that may mean I've got to be putting new soil out there. I've got to be fertilizing, but if I want things to grow, uh, it doesn't just automatically happen. And the, the, the great gardeners I know, whether you're, you're growing a vineyard, you're growing uh, vegetables, uh, they care about the soil. They care about the acidity. Yeah. They may stick in uh, uh, different chemicals and things just the, the, to help uh, enrich the soil, make it more uh, uh, hospitable to plants. But uh, uh, but unwise leaders, they don't they don't think of those things. It's yeah. just like, hey, we'll just get somebody else if this person doesn't work out. And then you wonder why nobody seems to be working out. Well, you you haven't addressed the soil. Yeah. 
Uh, and, uh, and a third one that kind of goes with that is just check the climate. Uh, you know, when you start trying to grow things, uh, at least for me, uh, I, I wanted to have cobblers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, well, let's get blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, and here come the cobblers. You know, I might as well go get my ice cream ready and go, ch- uh, go churn some vanilla and so ice you, cream. You sort of just start ordering seeds, whatever. But, and, and you'll see these, uh, of course, if you, if you go online and you look at different seeds, they show you these luscious blackberry bushes, yeah. these huge blackberries and so on. Oh, that's what I, I want to grow. That and I want to grow right now. My my Waterloo is uh, uh, strawberries. I've tried a couple times to get strawberries. Yeah, those those are those are finicky. Oh boy, I just I've it's become the killing the strawberry killing fields. And uh, <laughs> but you know you you think well I want to grow this I want to grow that but but uh, Georgia in some ways the climate is great for growing because it gets it's warmer longer but it gets really hot in the summertime yeah. and. Uh, and there's just certain climates that are, you 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 can't just grow anything in any climate. You gotta um, just pay attention to that colorful little map with all the zones. On yeah, the and what zone are we anyway? Because I haven't even checked that out yet. But oh, like, that's a good question. You put me up. Uh, it's probably zone two. Uh, but yeah, see, I just learned that this year. I think was that there are different climate zones across North America. Yeah, and so if you're gonna buy seeds. Uh, you've got to f- buy seeds that work in that climate zone. Yeah. And so a classic example in the church is people that would read about what Rick Warren did in Southern California to grow a church. Yeah, He was trying to grow a church that would reach Southern California. So that, that's certainly a unique culture down there, a lifestyle. Uh, and so someone in Boston reads about how he's growing a church uh, in Southern California and says, well, well, we'll do that. Well, well, let's go to his conference and see what he did there, and then we'll do that in Boston. Yeah. Well, it's a different culture. Now, that doesn't mean that the gospel changes. It doesn't mean that some the, the biblical truths change. But methodology, approach to people uh, is very different. I, uh, You know, in, in years past, if you lived—I I remember one time a pastor coming in f- uh, from Florida to Canada talking about going to— Tuesday night visitation. And, and he actually made the statement to us pastors, if you're not visiting out in the community on Tuesday nights, you're just sinning against God. <laughs> uh, well, I, I said, uh, let me ask you something. Have you ever headed out on a Tuesday night when it was 40 degrees below zero with a wind chill howling about you that made it much colder than that? Have you ever tried to knock on a Canadian's door yeah. when it's 40 below zero? They hear their doorbell ring and they go and look out their door and here's a guy all uh, bundled up with a heavy jacket on. His face is covered with a scarf and all you can see is just the mist of his breath in the air. And if you open the door, this howling 40 below wind and cold starts sweeping into the house. But you don't know this stranger. You don't want to invite him into your house. I said, in Florida, those people are sitting out on the veranda in the front of their house. You just walk yeah. down the sidewalk <laughs> and say, hey, how you doing? Hey, and neighbor. come on over. And I said, but it's a different culture. So um, when, you're, when you're looking at things to uh, implement into your organization, uh, that's great that they do this in Tokyo, uh, in companies there. But th- they have a different culture there, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, th- sometimes it's, there's a different kind of economy uh, and so there's different kind of work ethic, the way that people approach work or even just timeliness. Uh, and so, yeah, you can't just wholesale, just you, you got to know your, your climate zone. 
yeah. and say, now that doesn't mean that you can't necessarily grow strawberries in Georgia, but you may need a certain kind of strawberry. And yeah. you might need to take some precautions in the way you water or you fertilize or w- when you put them out, uh, when you expect to harvest. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't still do some of the same kinds of things, but you're going to have to adapt to the, the climate that you're trying to, to lead in and the kind of people that you're working with. And that has been a huge one. You, yeah. you can't just cut and paste uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to leadership. Uh, you've got to know the climate that you're trying to lead in. And if you're leading in Africa, it may be very different than leading in North America or South America um, and uh, even in within regions in the U.S. itself. And yeah. so uh, wise leaders, uh, they, they before they try to grow things, they ask themselves, what climate am I working with? What kind of culture am I leading in? And uh, And culture certainly can change with the generations and so on as well. And immigration and other things. And so know your climate well before you try to start leading. Well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we will wrap this up. Hey, it's Sam here. And I don't know about you, but life has changed significantly in the last few weeks. Not going to work like we normally do, not being able to see friends and family like we used to. And I know I'm not alone in this. And many of you Uh, have also experienced massive changes in your daily life. And because of that, here at Black Abbey Ministries, we started doing a Facebook Live devotional with Richard. And we do this every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And you can ask your questions live. You can interact with our community. Uh, It's just a way to check in with everyone and hopefully be encouraged in the middle of the week. Uh, We'd love to see you there. And we're probably going to do this until... Life goes back to something that resembles normal. Okay, now back to the show. Well, Richard, before the break, we we saw uh, that the the importance of a, a good soil and yeah. uh, and a good climate, or knowing your climate. We wouldn't say there's good and bad climates, but there's just you have to work around. Mm-hmm. It's an obstacle, uh, and you have to work with your climate and not against it. Yeah. And uh, what before we finish up here, what what other uh, great leadership truths have you uh, have you harvested from your, your time gardening? Well, I'll tell you a big one that has just uh, dominated a lot of my gardening has been watch for intruders. <clears throat> Last year when mm. I was really busy, I was looking out of my fence line where all my berries are, and I saw a lot of greenery, a lot of foliage. I was really excited. I thought, wow, those those plants are really taking off. They're growing up onto the, the fence and uh, filling out and... Uh, but I was so busy that for a couple of weeks, I really didn't have time to even go out there. I just, uh, to take, to take a, a close look. I, I finally went out there and I realized this is not, those are not blackberry vines. Those are not raspberry vines. It's actually some rogue lethal vine that is, had actually crept into my yard and was literally just, uh, strangling out my plant, just wrapping itself around my raspberry and blackberry bushes. And, uh, it had uh, thorns on it. I, I still don't know what the name is, but I, I, trying to pull that out, yank it out. It's, it's uprooting, uh, plants. It's, it's choked out some of my plants. I finally foolishly, uh, put some roundup on some of the, <laughs> the, the roots to try to get right get, to the root of the problem. Sucker. And of course it killed off a bunch of my berry plants and, uh, 
It was a disaster. Uh, Roundup doesn't care what's growing. It's going to no, kill it. No, and I'll tell you what, it was, it was uh, yeah, I find it was just scorched earth balls. Yeah, like I'm, and I still, this year, there's that vine Stuff is, still isn't growing. It's still back. Uh, and I'll tell you, it's just like I'm fighting a constant warfare against this thing. And I realize I now that I'm home more, I'm, I'm, on, I'm vigilantly watching to see if that vine starts yeah. to try to uh, creep back in. But uh and then I've got a bunch of squirrel issues that drive me crazy. Last year, I, I saw them walking off with full-size tomatoes and uh, eating into my my peppers. And uh, well, the menacing thing about squirrels and birds and stuff is they won't they won't uh, eat the whole thing. They'll just yeah. they'll taste it. Yeah, that's so you've that got is a annoying. tomato with a little just a little chunk gnawed out of yeah, it. Yeah. Now, what do you do with that? Uh, and so put I put it on the compost. You know, I yeah, that just drives me crazy. And so what I real what I've realized is, if you're not going to be vigilantly watching all the time, you, there's no point even growing things because yeah. there's always something coming. And and what I realized in, is that when you're leading an organization, there are always those rogue intruders that are going to come in who don't fit your culture, who are just negative. They, 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 they've got their own agenda. It, it often happens in the church. If you're a smaller church and a, a couple starts visiting and they look like they're uh, well-dressed and uh, they have good jobs and uh, they've been in church for years and you think, oh, that's great. We need another solid couple. Uh, they seem to be real upbeat and positive. But uh, then you, you start you know, just hearing things. Uh, well, the last church they were in, there was a lot of problems there. And if you talk to them about it, they, they'll they say, well, it was the pastor's fault. And it was, uh, we, there were just issues there. And then you, but you realize the church before that they were in, there were problems. And then you begin to notice that they tend to be just talking to some of the malcontents in the church and some of the negative people. And, uh, and if you're not careful, these kinds of people, they, they'll just make the rounds. Uh, yeah. And I've I've seen it uh, all my life. These people that just they they're like a, a, some kind of a freeloader in the sense that they can't start anything of their own. They have to just live off of what others have started. And 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 I've known people that wanted to be a pastor, but they they failed as a pastor themselves. But so they'll just kind of linger around in a church and just criticize and cause grief to the pastor of that church. And um, and if you if you don't if you neglect that, uh, they'll just they'll dig in roots. They'll get entangled with other members, and by the time you finally address these troublemakers, you lose a dozen church members with them because mm. they've been going out for lunch and they've been criticizing you behind your back. It's that vine uh, that snakes yeah, around all of your you know, and, your good and so I've just kind of learned, uh, especially when you're introducing an outside person into your your culture of your organization, your church, your company. Keep an eye on those. You may have hired the person, uh, but now watch them carefully the way that they conduct themselves when you're in a team meeting. Are they negative? Are they positive? Are they getting along well with the other staff? Are they uh, rubbing people the wrong way? I've had some real solid, trustworthy folks that started coming to me with some concerns about things they were hearing or seeing about this new uh, hire and uh, I've learned to take that very seriously because it, it, it can cause huge uh, disaster when you have to start uprooting and letting people go, perhaps, that, uh, that you had no idea. And uh, oftentimes, if you check people's track record, though, these kind of people, yeah. they usually have one. 
Well, you know, in, in, in gardening, you you know, it's so easy to just pluck out these little, you see these little weeds growing up, yeah. and those are easy. You just go in, you just, you know, hardly have to touch them, and you get rid of them. But you let it go for a week. Yeah. You let it go for two weeks. And now you've now you've got a problem, yeah. and I think that that I think also applies even to attitudes. I would, I would see those intrusions mm-hmm. as as attitudes as well. Because yeah. you know, at first, hey, you know, a remark here and there, no big deal, but you just let that grow and grow and grow, and now it's 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 disturbing the whole yeah. garden, and, and you can't you you end up sacrificing as you've seen plants that you wanted to grow to uproot the, yeah. the intruder. And I've seen that. I've had to fire some people and uh, and uh, there was no way around it. They had to be fired. But in doing that, I had other people leave uh, out of protest because they thought I was being too harsh. And uh, oftentimes those people later came back and acknowledged I was right in what I did, but it cost me, cost the organization. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, the earlier you get on that, the better. Uh, two last things just to say uh, is also don't let your plants spread. And that's kind of a funny one, but I've, I've got these raspberry bushes that have been multiplying and growing and, and they're delightful. My wife loves raspberries. But, uh, you know, every time I go out there, I'll find a raspberry plant that has started growing in my lawn. It's, it's not in the bed, it's in the lawn or it's over in the blackberry section and yeah. they're, sp- they're spreading and uh, I like black, I like raspberries, but uh, the other day I saw one that was growing in the middle of the grass, right where m- the, the rider mower comes through uh, and when it's mowing my lawn. And uh, I thought to myself, that poor raspberry plant is going to get mowed to pieces uh, and be done with. And so I transplanted it back into the, the beds where it could be with all of its friends and cousins. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> But I know a lot of people are that way too. There are people that are constantly moving around and they they're, they can really thrive when they're in this job, but they always have an eye for maybe management or for something that looks more sexy to them and what they might do, but they're not good at that. It's kind of the Peter principle. It's like you've, you're really good here, but now you're getting moved and promoted to uh, a spot where you're not uh, effective and and, and I've had people that, that there were some I've worked with that were just quite ambitious. They just always wanted more. They wanted to get their hand in something else and be involved in that. And can I serve on that committee? And, and, and you began to realize they have left their area of fruitfulness and, effi- and effectiveness. And I need to, as a, as a leader, to grow this organization. I want to put everybody in places where they can thrive and where they can strengthen the organization. But, but some people just have that tendency to a roaming eye. Uh, and I, I've, I've seen that, you know, in one sense, even with professional athletes, you'll see like a, a hockey player, uh, maybe he's a left winger, uh, and he's got a center on his team that sets him up all the time, and he's scoring goals like crazy. Scores more goals than he ever had. And he has a coach that has a system that works perfectly for, the, for his skill set. Well, he scores a ton of goals, so he's a free agent, and he signs to go play for a different team because they pay him a little bit more money. But that other team has a whole different system, and they, they don't have a center that sets him up. But now he's getting paid a lot of money, so they really need him to really produce. But if he'd stayed where he was, he would have had somebody that just kept feeding him the puck, and he would have been scoring and setting all kinds of records. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but he sort of moved out beyond where he was effective to a place where he's not. In. And you wonder, like, well, this is the same player. Like, did he just lose all of his skills in one season? 
No, he just, he, he roamed over and out of an area where he was effective. And now he's, he doesn't have the same setup for him. And so, uh, you got to watch your staff and keep them in the, you know, certainly encourage them to grow and develop new skills and, and perhaps go up the ladder some, but, but keep an eye when they're not, they, they've moved out of the area of their effectiveness. And then lastly, just kind of a, a summary is just enjoy the harvest. It is about the harvest. The yeah. reason you grow things is not just to grow them, but because it, there's more fruit, there's more, you, you accomplish your mission. Um, and, uh, and I know a lot of, I know, I know a lot of leaders that are, are busily running around from meeting to meeting, phone call to phone call. But at the end of the day, there's never a harvest. It's like, you seem busy all the time, but like, where's the results? What, where's the, where's the salad? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's always ultimately about the harvest. It's always about the fruit at the end of the day. Yeah. And I know gardener, you can, you can compost and you can read all kinds of books and, and do research on seeds and climates. But at the end of the day, show me your garden, show me all the vegetables that are growing and, and developing and maturing. Um, but for some people, there's a lot of activity and no harvest at the end of the day. And, uh, that's what it's all about is one day you're walking among these vegetable gardens and they're just loaded down with great edible vegetables that you grew yourself. And you think it, it's been worth all the effort. Look at yeah. this. And, and leadership, uh, one day you want to walk around that organization, see those effective, uh, happy staff, employees, or joyful, fruitful, growing church and say, wow, leading is fun. And it's, it's like gardening. You garden because it's fun. And when you're seeing things grow and develop and be fruitful, uh, it's fun to lead. And uh, yeah. my, my prayer is that whether you're raising kids in your home, whether you're leading a church, whether you lead a business, uh, I pray that you're having a blast uh, gardening that what God has put into your care and you're seeing it be fruitful and multiply. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.